0: Welcome to Abiding Podcast. This episode of Your Walk is with a friend of mine called Manuel. Uh, he is a creative. He is he does all sorts. He does everything from like graphic design to music to uh, uh, photography. The list goes on and on and on. He's amazing. And I had the pleasure of sitting down with him to hear his journey. Hope it blesses you guys. Well, Thanks, Manuel, for joining me today, bro. Lit, lit, lit. But Thank you but, for having me on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing your journey because, for one, I actually don't know your journey. You'll mm. be the first person I've had on here that I don't know yeah. any part of your journey <laughs> beforehand. So <this> Interesting. Is, <laughs> I, I, I like that honor. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, where to begin? Like, hmm. where did you grow up? Like, what were... Yeah. Right. So, I grew up in Nigeria. Yeah.
1: Yes. That's, that's the, the homeland. Um, and yeah, grew up in Nigeria, born to, to God lovers. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so my, um, my parents are ministers, my dad's pastor and both my parents are involved in like child ministry and teenage ministry. They were heavily involved in that, uh, growing up. So I kind of was born into the church to be honest. Um, and yeah, gradually just kind of weaved my way through Mm. through through it just kind of like figuring out what what that is for me I guess. Mm.
0: So if you grew up around it kind of what kind of church were they part of was it like like denomination wise if you had to like pin it down? It was a
1: Pentecostal church so a lot of people will probably know the church so uh it was called Living Faith Mm -hmm. so it was one of um one of the mega churches in Africa, so my dad uh, got involved with the church kind of like in the early stages of it with like the founder of the church and stuff like that and then he was ordained as pastor and, and kind of going off of that. So the, the, the church is kind of like... I can't even, I'm. I'm not fully sure how to explain uh Pentecostal, but I mean most people probably know where that sits, but in Africa it's very expressive, very mm. like very out there, which is really cool well, I say Africa and Nigeria, um particularly is yeah it was it was really cool a, a lot of like loud singing and 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 shouting and out loud praying and yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it
0: was really cool. I loved it. Yeah, man. Mm.
1: um
0: and so if you grew up in that sort of environment yeah super expressive about their faith yeah and growing up around other people that are like that yeah at what can you remember kind of at what point you were like this is for me I want in yes I was 12 um
1: prior to all of it, I mean quite a lot of people probably correlate with it but being... A past this kid, to some degree, it's kind of like you were signed up for a society that you you weren't, you like, to some degree, it wasn't an initial choice of yours. Mm. So, like, for, for quite a while, it was kind of just doing it because honoring your parents and just doing what you're told. And because your parents know better. But um, after a while, I found myself in kind of like a space of just being like, yeah, I don't really believe, like, I, well, not yeah it was it was a confusion of like i don't really believe in this stuff or i don't really know why i'm doing this stuff mm. like like it's getting to that point I've, like from a young age from a considerably young age i i start i i fell in love with the ideas of questions mm. and like i love tech and i love debates so within all those worlds sciences and stuff like that there's there's so many questions that have been asked there's a lot of independent thinking that is required to really be good in those spaces. So, it got me like kind of like questioning everything I was doing. Like, why do I do this? Why do I do this and get more involved in like the kind of existential thoughts and philosophical stuff. Um and yeah, it, I got to age 12. There was actually a particular time period where um I kind of told myself like yeah, like if I don't believe in this, why 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 should I call myself Christian? That whole like week, it was actually like me stepping out into trying to be intentional because I was like, I don't believe in this. And the Bible says that Christians are people who follow Christ, who are Christ-like. So if I'm not, then I'm not a Christian. So I I didn't want to label myself that at the time. Um, So I kind of took a week to, I, I gave God a week. I was like, I need to I need to figure this out I, do, I don't know what I believe and I started like exploring other religions as far as like reading up about them asking questions individuals um, some people might say that wasn't enough time but some might say it was a biased approach to it but um, within that week I think God really showed himself to me in different ways and following that um, even then it was still kind of like to some degree mediocre But then when i turned 12 during that 12th year there was um there was kind of like this young people's prayer meeting type thing that would happen after church and there was this guy his name is samson he he currently actually has started a church i I was looking on facebook and he started a church which is really cool but like ever since he was like a teenager he used like super on fire as far as like just being So in the word and like preaching and like, like in the teens church at the time, he was like that, Mm -hmm. that kind of like pastor, like everyone knew, like he is building up to a life as a pastor or as a minister. Um, and it was always really cool to watch and, and, and see him walking like that. But, um, yeah, he, he started off this, this kind of like after church church for young people. And there were so many times that like everyone was so like here that's actually where i first started speaking in tongues and like experiencing that like yo what the frick (laughs) what is this (laughs) yeah and um and also witnessing like like people you know getting prayed for and like like they essentially being like an exorcism is being done on them Mm. and you're like what the frick like what and, like, it, like to, to be honest, that side of things I always used to be so skeptical about because I was like, oh, I don't know these people, so I can't vouch for the fact that this is actually, like, this person is actually getting delivered or whatnot. Mm. But then when it's someone that, well, not necessarily closely, but someone that's a friend, you're like, what is your reason for wanting to look stupid in front of all your other friends? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. So, obviously not saying that they're stupid, but, like, it was just like, Damn. Like, this is actually happening. Mm. And it took, like, with this specific instance, took, like, a lot of prayers and, like, the pastors and everything had to get involved. And it was, like, yo, this is, like, crazy. Mm. And, like, I was, like, damn. That 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 whole perspective of, like, um, uh, in the Bible where it talks about, like, the battle we fight is not against flesh and blood. Yeah. It's against principalities and powers. It's, like, I put it into perspective. It's, like, yo there's a lot more than just a physical dimension. <laughs> like, it's one of those, those kind of uh, experiences that was like, damn, yeah. this is actually real. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, like dur- during that whole period, I got like very much engrossed in the word and, and like just just faith in general. That's where I would say that I fully like dedicated my life to God. And obviously, within the way like every, most other Christians have, you'd have moments where you stray, mm, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah that 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 was the point for me that I reckon
0: it was made. It was like, yes, this is this yeah. is where I am. So like mm. yeah, kind of at the age of twelve, getting into yeah. the word and actually seeing the physical manifestation yeah. of the spiritual that there yeah. is there is more to life, there than, is way more to life than, than what you can see, taste and touch, yes. So true. Um, yeah, but, like, for example, for mm. me, I didn't grow up around that. How, I just, like, first thought is, like, how would I have reacted at the age of yeah. 12 seeing someone manifesting a demon on the yeah. floor? Like, did that, like, did you have to go and have, like, chats with your parents afterwards to, like, have it explained to you, or did you, like, how did you kind of process seeing that?
1: Well, uh, funny enough, no, I, I didn't have to have a chat to my parents. It was, if anything, it was kind of like... uh Youth leaders and stuff. Mm. Well, at the time, what would have been youth leaders, um, or just like my older sister because she knew a lot more than I did, and I, I have three other sisters, um, and they are, they are beasts. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna act like I wasn't. I was yeah. freaking. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't want to be involved in anything like this. It, my, my my first inst- like instinct was like, no. I don't like like God. I want God, but I don't want to deal with anything that has to do with demons or casting. Like they can stay over there. Let someone else get ordained or like like chosen to do this job. I don't want to be involved. Um, I was I was terrified, but um, after a while, it's it's like just getting to really understand that like yeah, we're in this fight. Like we are in this fight, and like God is if if we do believe in God then surely why am I fearing? Well yeah. <laughs> what? why am I afraid of this these powers? Um, especially if I believe God is God. <laughs> and yeah. He's our protector. Um so yeah, it was it was terrifying to watch but but gradually walked through it. plus also I've always well not always, because everyone says that, I I gradually became like a reflective person. Mm. Um where like I just I would just like, sit down and just think, and think, and I would just process information and try and try and t- try to like figure out how do I feel about this, how do I do this, and ha- then have conversations with people and try and like unpack that gradually and build an understanding or know how truly I feel about it and, and where I stand with it. Um, I don't know if that really answers the question, but yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it does. It does. So that's kind of you up until age twelve. Yes. So, because obviously we're now in Bath, United Kingdom. Yeah. At what point did you guys move here to, like, the UK Oh uh, like, leave Nigeria?
1: So, initially, left Nigeria in 2008. Okay. And moved to Lancaster. And my mum was doing, like, her master's or something like that. She's super academic. It's annoying. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and she... And because it was fully self-funded, um, it just became stressful after a while. And her supervisor, like, I think he moved to Australia, or something like that. And it meant that um, she was either meant to move to Australia or go get... Um, he was then going to refer her to another supervisor or transfer over. So um, she was then getting a the transfer to Bath Uni. Mm. But at the time, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is stressful. Let's use this opportunity to take a break. So uh, in between... so. Moved to Lancaster in 2008, but then moved back to Nigeria in 2010. And it was meant to be like a short break, turned into four four years. Mm. So, till 2014. And then 2014, came back and came to Bath Um, in
0: 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So, how, like... Age 14. So, how did you manage, like, faith in the moving around and in the stresses of life? in the in-between because if you were in Lancaster yeah. for like two years yeah. and then back to Nigeria for four yeah. now to the UK for now what has been six, six seven sl- years yeah like for those first two stints how yeah. did you find like trying to put down roots and finding community uh didn't <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest um like since I was
1: like I've always been kind of like more on the in- introverted side mm-hmm. of things so you he- to some degree, making friends didn't come easy, easily to me. Plus I was homeschooled as well. And in the context of being homeschooled in Nigeria, there weren't very many homeschool communities to link up with. So, um, school being such a huge area to socialize for me, I, th- I, th- I think that created a hindrance. Whereas in the UK, they have a lot more of a homeschooling community, especially in America. Um, but like in Nigeria at the time that was such a like what are you guys doing type thing. Um so I had that that community there and those friends and everything. So it was it was yeah, it was painful mm-hmm. to to have that taken from me and be thrown into this world that I didn't I didn't have a say in whether or not I was coming to. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um and it was like what was happening and it was it was interesting. At at that time, I guess also, so, well, so I'm talking more the first time, the first time, eight years old, moving over to Lancaster. I just kind of like just tried to make friends where I could and like made friends like neighbors and stuff like that where I could. And it was always, it was fairly sketchy thinking back, (laughs) but um, they, it, it was cool. And then we moved quite a few times within Lancaster. And so it was always that thing of like, okay, now new place. Mm. time to start that process of trying to make friends again and then we moved back to Nigeria but this time we moved to a different state from where we actually lived so where I was born in the north of Nigeria and we moved away from there so that's where my life is as far as I'm concerned that's where my life is but then we moved to kind of like the middle belt like um, uh, a state so I was born in Kaduna we moved to a state called Lokoja which is like in the middle belt like two hours away from the capital I didn't know anyone there. Mm-hmm. So it was like starting this process again, moved about three times within that period. This was like, yo, I don't know anyone here. And like, to some degree, I feel like I stopped myself from trying to get close to people. Cause like, I've moved like a lot of times. I can't, Start trying to build up a whole friendship here, and this get ripped off again. Mm. So I wasn't really trying to get close to people, but there was always that disconnect. But eventually, I then got close to people. Started getting more involved in the in the church, and I guess to me it wasn't that that crazy because mm. this was my world now. So I kind of got used to it. And being in a, a Christian home where my parents were both ministers and very active in the church, it was my parents were heavy on prayer. And like being, um, like active with that. Um, so with us, they they always used to impart that as far as like praying and like, like having devotions and all that stuff. Well, I tried as much as I can to follow suit, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and like really build those those habits. So it that kind of helped in a way. And whenever we came to a city, it was always about like trying to find a home church. And like in Lancaster, we were at a church called Father's House, and we're. Uh, connected to an organization called OFNC, which had like was like an African society of Christians and just creating like a space for the young people to to like get to know each other and meet each other and play around youth groups and everything. Um, so we always had that aspect of things. Whether or not I was I felt a part of it was a completely different story. Mm-hmm. Um, funny enough, Father's house Lancaster referred us to Bath City Church. Uh-huh. At the time, we didn't know it was City Church. At the time, it was only after we moved here. And one of the times, the pastor from Father's House, I think his name was Clive. He came over to City Church to talk. Mm. And I can remember seeing that and being like, yo, no way, it's this guy. The, yeah. But um, I'm really going off on a tangent. But I'm... yeah, um, fast forward now, it feels like, yeah, I finally started allowing myself, well, when we moved over to like get to know people and like actually get to know individuals and build that community around myself. Um, again, I'm not
0: certain that I've answered your question, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I love the reason I started doing this is because yeah. people's stories tell so much of yeah. one, who they are, but also what they've been through and what they've yeah. learned. So like, like although to you it might seem like you've rambled for like five yeah. ten minutes about like moving house and disconnection, yeah. but it's like you're having either you're having to learn right now and still yeah. learning yeah. how to connect past the fear of losing everything again. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Which dude is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I uh, bet it's like, but it's like, do you want to? Would you be up for sharing a little bit of like your journey yeah. with that? Of like, oh yeah, hundred like, percent. Like, when did you like? kind of first notice that you were kind of holding people a little bit at arm's length at fear of like a disconnect or like yeah. everything being severed? And when yeah. did you start to um, like? I'm, I'm not sure particularly when,
1: but I know when I did, it was kind of like the thought of being an introvert and not being able to converse with people, especially the opposite sex. It was like, this sucks. Mm. <laughs> like I really want to get to know people. And I love the idea of like one of the things I used to think is like, yo, like those people who could literally just spark a conversation with anyone. I used to envy them I'm like, yo, I want to do this. People are interesting. (laughs) And like I was always interested in that, but I just knew I didn't have that at the time. And it was just like, man, like just being alone and not being able to like, like, you know, when you get to know that there's there's a stage of like oh, I'm just talking to this person as like just some random person I've met. Mm-hmm. And there's like friends where, oh, we know each other. And then there's that other like intimate friendship where it's like, like we know the deepest parts of each other as far as like emotionally and our experiences and all these things. And so like that bond is completely different from like, oh yeah, this is just someone that goes to my church. And I always could tell the difference between that because it was like, damn, I don't I I couldn't say I had a best friend or Mm -hmm. like a really close friend. It was usually just people that I like. It sounds weird, but like I had to make friends with like because this is all I had. And it was like, oh, you're you spend a lot of time around this person. So you kind of just naturally become friends um which is not a bad thing but it was like i really just wanted to be able to connect with humans on that level and gradually started um pushing myself um my comfort zone to try and do that and get more involved and art helped a lot with that um uh yeah and i kind of like adrenaline and uh challenges so that was always like a challenge to me it was so funny um i'm going a bit of a on a tangent but like i can remember being no, it's not a tangent, is uh, being young and like looking at, uh YouTube and I searched up how to, how to talk to people. Mm. And like I would sit down and watch these videos and basically take notes on how how to hold conversations, how uh, how to be funny, how to talk to girls. That was like my thing. Like, yo, I can't do this. Yeah. I need to learn this. I'm not going to ask anyone these questions because it's too much of an awkward question to ask a person. Like most people would tell you just just talk to people like that helps. But um, I I did that. And funny enough, apparently it worked. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, like I was saying, being creative helped because a lot of times you always want something that is like an icebreaker. It's like if you're in the space with other people, it's like, oh, I play the guitar too, All this. You get chatting about the subject before you know it. You guys kind of know each other on like some, you you found like a middle ground that you can start building off of. Um, uh, Yeah, In, in like so many different areas. And like initially I stumbled over like the idea of vulnerability being important in relationships as far as like that really deep personal connection. Uh, I'd stumbled over in the sense that like it was more me just trying to break out of certain things and and realizing that I got closer with this person just being that vulnerable with them or just like like a friend going through something and having those chats and allowing them to just like offload their problems and realizing how how much closer it um it got us I can't remember I was particularly trying to take this but um yeah, I think yeah. I'm I'm trying not to ramble, no, and no. I'm trying to keep on <laughs> on tar- on target with it. The- <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, yeah that's no. that's kind of like the the journey it's taken in a sense. I'm far from being where I want to be in that sense, in in like in connecting with people. But I think I'm well ahead of where I started off, so yeah. I'm happy. It's progress, regardless. <clears throat>
0: yeah so like you've talked about the initial the initial conversation Hmm. learning about vulnerability Hmm. but the one thing that kind of wasn't touched on was the whole like to some extent the fear of it like dealing with the fear of it being ripped away because because that is if there was ever going to be a blockage to getting that deep deep connection with someone Having had the history of moving and moving and moving, yeah, of going, there, there's this almost like this belief of like there could be this belief of, yeah, this is all going to go in like a year yeah. or two's time.
1: And I'm not going to lie, it's not going away. It's that that fear in a sense because technically I'm I'm well, literally I'm 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 a Nigerian citizen still. Mm. I'm here on a visa, so it's like yes, that the government here could decide that no, we don't want you here anymore. So my whole life that I've built so far I could literally just be ripped out. Mm-hmm. And, and that fear is there. Uh, um, the fear of like all this, all the friendships and individuals I connect to. Nowadays, uh, how I deal with that fear is more in, in the sense of like realizing that things like everything that has a beginning will have an end. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, even if it's not an end ending sense of like, we're not friends anymore people's lives just go mm. like in different directions, so like I, the, the people I was friends with in secondary school were were not close anymore, and like literally I was catching up with a friend that I was close with in secondary school, and I was just thinking about like damn, we were close, mm. but now like it feels like I don't know this person. Um, and as, as tough as it is, it's just kind of like a pattern in life. And obviously there are those specific friend, friendships and friendship groups that you don't want that to be the case with. But to some degree, I kind of had to accept it. Um, I wouldn't say I necessarily thought through it like that when I was younger. Um, it was just like, I need to get close with people. <laughs> like, yeah. like we need ourselves. And like at that young age, I felt that need to just feel that human connection And so I wasn't necessarily thinking that it would, occasionally I would have the thought that like, I'm probably gonna move and I won't be able to chat with this person or or be this close with this person. But um, I just wanted that. And that was kind of like what I was going for and trying to push myself out of my comfort zone to get to. Um, But there's still quite a lot of friends that I had then that like, you think back to the memories and you're like, yeah, although we're not as close, although this is not the case, It was very much worth it, Um, regardless of that happening. Yeah. Yeah. But I hope I've addressed the fear. No, yeah,
0: no. No, it's just like, because something that I... You've Hmm. probably heard of, like, Sozo and RTF sort of stuff. It sounds familiar. So it's like an inner healing thing, dealing with, like, fears and stuff that cause blockages between, like, one, between you and God, but also can often, like cause there to be like patterns of behavior or whatever yeah. and i often like whenever i hear someone talking about their fears yeah. I'm like cool how is that being addressed is it has it got like a like for you it seems to be in a healthy position yeah. like actually this is a realistic fear this isn't just like a lie that you're believing yeah. that will one day happen it's like realistically one day the government could tell you you've got to leave yeah and that's it exactly so realistically that needs to be somewhere in your mind yeah but if it but it would become an issue if it was like, I'm not going to connect with anyone because, because this could, because uh, yeah. this could happen. Yeah. So like you've you've found yeah. that balance over time of like
1: yeah. And and if anything, the what I was mentioning about being more introspective nowadays with like, re, or reflective is, I kind of I'm weird in the sense that like I would probably go home and I would sit down and be like, why did I say that? Why did i say this like that like is there any way i could have communicated this better is there any way like like what would i change if i were to do it again type thing um and not necessarily to just sulk but more just to like try and improve the way i react in certain instances and so i would i would try and unpack like why don't i want to get close with this person Is it mm-hmm. that i don't like this person no i like this person why am i blocking myself from doing this and i'll kind of walk through and it's like I usually end up at that, like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense to not build a relationship or a connection with someone off of the fact that it might not be there forever. Like, there are very few things that are there forever. <laughs> yeah. So um, I try and, like, combat myself or, or checkmate my mind into into doing the things that I'm usually scared of doing. Yeah. Yeah, in a sense.
0: Mm. Uh, Mm. So, you have mentioned homeschooling and like, so were you, you also mentioned secondary school. So you went to, did you go to a a secondary school? Yeah,
1: I came to
0: St. Mark's school here in Bath. Okay.
1: Yeah, at the end of year nine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was, I went to nursery, but in a public school but then was homeschooled till end of year nine. And it was mainly because we traveled a lot. Uh, my family was kind of like spread out in a sense and that my dad used to work like four hours away in a state, four hours away from the state that we actually lived in. And so the um, La Koja where we moved the second time, um, he used to work there. That's like four hours away from the actual state I was born in where we lived at the time. And my mom used to work in the, in the country capital, which is uh, Abuja and that's like two hours away from that same state and my older sisters went to boarding school in Jos, which is eight hours away from the state um and a lot of their ministry work was up there and everywhere so they were just traveling a lot traveling a lot and it meant that like we either had to stay with friends or be taken out of school and we usually were taken out of school um and yeah it was just like why don't we Homeschool them, and there were a lot of um, people homeschooling their kids up in the north, like in Joss and stuff like that. So it just naturally happened, and so yeah, I was homeschool until that point, and then joined some marks, and that was that was weird. Mm. That was yeah. Besides just the the structure and the idea of going from a system that teaches you to think independently and learn independently, uh, to a system that think teaches you to cram in groups it's like once once the majority of people have got the idea of the subject we're moving on Mm. like i couldn't i couldn't wrap my head around that it's like oh the way you're teaching just doesn't mesh with my brain i need to understand it i need to learn it as opposed to just know it for now type thing um and like the whole exam the way exams work here and like being sat in a gym with like A ton of people sweaty people with pens going off I like my brain was like no I can't do it like this this one time in the exam I just sat there I was like oh my gosh I could hear every pen just going away and I just couldn't do it I just preferred doing things like isolated like I want to be the only person in here need Mm. that and I need to learn this as a me as an individual as opposed to as a group um and also The fact that I was, me and my sister were the only two people in my home school. (laughs) It's like, this is a huge jump from two to 200. And then A-levels, like 2,000, 3,000 people. Mm -hmm. So it was always like, oh my gosh, a bit of a shock. But um, it was interesting. Plus the values. God, like it was weird. It was so weird um, because I think the majority of people in the school I went to weren't Christian. Mm. And even the ones that were Christian, I mean, they they were more influenced by the non-Christians than they were. So it was always weird to like see these patterns of the way people behaved and, like, at the time, young me picking up habits and things like that that I really shouldn't have. And, like, it was like, yeah, it was really interesting to navigate that. Um, but we got through it and it's, mm. it, it was really cool.
0: I mean, a part of me wouldn't change anything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah so you mentioned the clashing of like values of like cool. your very kind of like christian homeschool yeah. life to like very much like state schools yeah. with loads of people that don't have the same values yeah. as you and you mentioned briefly like you picking up some of their habits yeah. and everything else how did you like find that period of your time wrestling with the idea of one being exposed to like a majority that have different values to you but also like kind of like how you how did you take a stand for your faith in some areas and uh, like yeah how did how did you wrestle that out so um luckily i
1: was i had already understood like where i stand as far as like well to some degree as far as like this is what i believe and i'm proud of what i believe like I'm, I'm not gonna claim i don't believe this because you don't agree so it helped when going into the school because I, I got involved in a lot of the um chaplains like don't know what you call it uh but i i tried to help where i could as far as like with assemblies and stuff and being musical got called up to do a lot of like assemblies and read passages and um because again because of like homeschooling there was a lot that you were, you had to put yourself out there and go do. So like when it came to this, um, we were quite involved. It was like, no one wants to read. So I kind of took, took that up and playing kind of a leadership role and being like, a um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, w- one of the, not head students.
0: Prefects. No. Yeah.
1: It's like that, but I can't remember the other word. <laughs> I really should. But, um, yeah, just being higher up in that sense, it, I felt like I needed to take a, take more responsibility. So, to some degree, it was it was bad in the sense that I had never faced this much like pressure mm-hmm. from the outside world um, on my life and being in a community that usually was Christian had a lot of young Christians that were trying to live the life they claimed. It was really interesting to. Like, like, like let me use swearing an ex- as an example. Um, like, I didn't swear at all. Like, to be honest, I didn't really know what swear words were till I moved to the UK. Um, and then for, like, the first three years, I didn't swear at all. I was kind of like that really nice kid who didn't really have a problem with a- anyone. And I still don't or never really had a problem with anyone. But I quickly became that kid that you would occasionally hear saying swear words and, and, like, stuff like that. Um, and gradually over time I would see things like that that they were, they were picked up or, like, moments that shocked me. Like, for instance, um, the, like, porn is usually something that, like, is not spoken about or, or, or like, people don't, like, throw it out there. But my first day at this school, um, these guys in my year, uh, like, on, on the playgrounds, they were just, like, like in a circle. And I was like, what's happening? And all of a sudden, like, these people making jokes about, like, porn jokes and, like, all these really explicit stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is weird. Um, and it it was always a shock to me how how different things were and i guess i i gradually c- kind of just learned how to navigate that and and try and try not to compromise what i believed because I, I think that's the most important thing like whatever space you are don't compromise mm. um because as soon as you do that's just an opening to just like just completely break down your walls um but I I think I think that that was the main part in trying to make sure I didn't compromise was just one just like stay stay strong with what I believed and um where I was compromising as far as far as like my language I mean even till nowadays I still struggle with like swearing at times where I'm like yo I need to get this in check mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it was it was more progressive thing of like I identify that I've messed up here and I need to get here. <laughs> so it's just really constantly trying to push to become better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You, there's a couple things in there. Yeah. That like the first, the first thing you said that I found really striking was the fact that like you already knew what you believed yeah. strong enough to stand firm. Yeah. And it's like, where do you think that, that came from?
1: Like, Oh, uh, it came from my parents. Yeah. Because they, they were always, talk about that whole thing and there was this verse in the bible that my mom used to say quite often is um where in the bible it talks about like each can't paraphrasing but each person must like pick up their faith and like run with it like Mm -hmm. your faith is your faith your your parents can't can't like do it all for you they could pray for you but if you don't do it if you don't put in the work. You're not getting the results type thing. Mm. So it's like each man for himself, like it's between you and God type thing. Yeah. Um, So it's like learning from a young age that like this, this journey, no one could run this race for me. (laughs) Like, so I need to know what I believe and live that. Um, And yeah, I I think that's, that's where that, that mainly came from. That's awesome. Practicing what you preach for sure. Cause it's it's really easy, especially in the world we live in. It's easy to fall into that that um, trap of hypocrisy. Where I mean, let's be honest, we're all hypocrites in one way or another. Mm-hmm. But um, it's easy to fall into that comfort in that space of like you claim, oh, I'm a Christian, but you're not really living it, or or you claim to be something, but you your whole the whole way you live contradicts that the same ideologies you claim to believe in. Um but yeah, it's it's just it yeah, I think I've answered that. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah. Oh man. But yeah. So there's that what was the other thing that you mentioned? I should have had my notebook ready. I normally yeah. have a notebook <laughs> and I take notes as people speak. Yeah. Um Oh there was something we were talking about around we were talking about it before the podcast over dinner was the pressure and you mentioned the pressure of kind of like the schools like everyone around you in school and kind of like we briefly talked about it earlier touching on like the outcome of pressure i didn't know if you wanted to kind of like bring that up a little bit and kind of share a little bit about kind of your thoughts of pressure and like what it produced in you. Okay. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, as far as like, uh, school and stuff pressure wise and like the contrast between my beliefs and my values versus theirs, it was always more of a reason to know what you believe, Mm. because there were so many instances where there were people who were not just non Christians or non believers, but they actively hated the idea of it. Mm. So you would just randomly have someone walk up to you, or I say it like it was a regular thing, but it will occasionally happen where this person is just, like, going at you, like, on on some, like, debate vibe. And I'm like, dude, what's good?
0: Mm. <laughs> All I said was hi. <laughs> no,
1: nah, um, but, like, instances like that or, like, um, environments are completely different values. It just made me want to know what I'm talking about. Like, why do I believe what I believe? Like, why? Like, how am I living? Because occasionally, one thing that was actually good was like you would have non-Christian friends where where, where you say something or you'd um, do something and they were like, "That's not very Christian." It usually used to be annoying, but to some degree, it for me it used to make me think. It's like, yo, like, that's interesting that they've caught on to that. Or, or like, that's interesting that they said that. Like, what about what I was doing then isn't Christian? Or, or how would I do that differently? And how do I want to live? How do I want to portray myself or, or be seen? Mm. And like, I would always ask myself those questions. So I think going through the mist of being dragged through the mud in that sense helped me realize how much I appreciate clean clothes <laughs> and like um uh it helped me kind of like pull my socks up faith-wise well to some degree and like there's so many in parts of my life where I've like hit like a brick wall faith-wise and not felt very close to God or like sometimes found myself compromising and and trying, trying to just stay focused and stay zoomed in and tapped in, um, yeah, that that helped a lot as far as pressure. And and what we were saying was like the importance of um, knowing what kind of pressure and and how that affects us. Because um, yeah, it's important because there there's there are certain pressures that that we need to approach differently. And and like we were saying the last time there. There, there's certain pressures that would affect one person one way and another person a different way. Mm. So it's just trying to navigate and understand how to feel in those moments. And I think for me, being um,
0: reflective helped with that
1: yeah. a lot because it's really shaped shaped how I see the world nowadays.
0: Yeah, I bet. Because um, just a thought, as you were saying that, it's like sometimes with pressure, there's there's times to stay in it and yeah. there's times to get out. Yeah. It's like, if the pressure is going to break you... Exactly. It's time to get out. Yeah. But There's no point trying to become a diamond if you're about to get crushed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the other thing that there's a real, like, strand through kind of your story is yeah. individualism. Yeah. Of, like, you know that you need to be you yeah. at all times. Yeah. There's no need for you to be anybody else. Yeah. There's no need for you to try and understand like anybody else understands. Yeah. And I, like... I. just... To to some degree, I I will say
1: that that throughout as much as I'm making it seem like I understood that fully, that I still find myself just being lost mm. a lot of times as far as like just like as far as compromising, just like really wanting or, or sometimes acting the ways that I didn't, that wasn't me. Mm. Um, but yeah, but yeah, can you mean
0: yeah. It's not saying that you never fall into compromise, but it's like a strong value of yours is individualism, you and your own Yeah. Yeah. It's like you take responsibility for your walk. Yeah. You don't you're not like going, well, the pastor hasn't told me to do this this way, so it's it's on him. It's like, no, I walk this walk with God and if I'm if I'm not there yet, I need to put the work in. Exactly. And I think that's super admirable that Mm. like even from like because the strand is there from as early as like yeah. you making the decision at yeah. 12. Yeah. Because what led to that decision at 12 was a week of you going, God, I need you to show up because I don't yeah. think I believe in you. Yeah. Like, and if I don't believe in you, what's the point? Exactly. Sort of thing. Like, yeah. and it's amazing. Like mm. the, the, when you do get time to reflect, because yeah. at times business hits us and 100%. that's probably at times where the compromise hits. When you're mm. not, you don't have the time to just go home, sit down, and go. Yeah. How how did I do today? Was mm. I me? Was I not me? Yeah, that's that's true.
1: It it usually it usually hits in those times of like being so in the moment or whatever you. Well, not in the moment, but yeah, being so caught up in everything and the chaos and, and super busyness or stress or <coughs> sorry, that's right. Um, stress or like just just being there being so much more distractions in the room compared to, to it being you and God. Um or 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 you being able to at least distinguish between that. Cause like we could have a like there could be a normal day where I'm just doing my, my daily chores and like uh running errands or whatever and being able to keep in tune. And there could be the days where I'm stressed out of my mind and I'm trying to like to like get my mind off of everything else I'm doing and and I find myself in a completely different space and I'm like, yo, yo, like, what's good? <laughs> like, this is not how you should react in this situation. This is not what you should be doing. This is not what you should be doing in, in trying to bring myself back there. But I try. I mm. try to. It's stressful sometimes, but I try. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think I would. I'd love to just like mm. kind of in the closing little section, mm. touch on like, what do you do now? Like, what what are you up to nowadays? Because you mentioned briefly, creativity. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. And earlier on, we were chatting about, like, your working situation, what you're up to now. Yeah. But like, talk us, like, maybe talk us through, like, what you're doing now, and how you intertwine, that with your faith, and, how that kind of looks, what does it look like, to be Manuel today?
1: I would start off by saying, I'm far from where I want to be. But, what it looks like is, um, so I'm a freelancer. I freelance graphic design, film and photography, and I love art. Mm. So like I try as much as I can to get involved in as much art as possible and get involved in as much conversation and getting to know people as I can. Um, cause I think people are the only factors that we can't live without. Mm. Well, obviously besides God, but that's one fundamental part of living. Um, in society and just being close to people um, and what else do I do yeah so so, in that, so nowadays I try to I try to keep busy creatively because I just aspire to be really good at what I do and also just like I want to like mu musically for instance I I want to I started working together with other people and just working alone to put out music and like get projects out and try and gradually build followings and stuff like that, uh, creates, um, business wise, I'm gradually building a freelance company. Mm. Um, hopefully to turn into its own thing where I could hire people if I'm lucky or it could just become something that's taking care of itself. Um, and myself, uh, and like trying to incorporate like faith and all of it. Yeah. It's tough sometimes. Um, but it helps that I'm freelance and I have, I determine what, what I do most of the time because there's times that I've like, like for instance, last, last, last Mar- March, March, sorry, March last year. Um, that, that month I realized I was like, I, was it March? No, it was June. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that I wasn't where I wanted to be faith wise. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like I'm drifting. And I was like, no this whole month we're gonna use this month mm-hmm. to like to like really get back on track and like get myself um back in tune because sometimes i i mean i th- i think it, it has a lot to do with some bad habits and, and lack of structure sometimes but it's possible to find yourself in a space where you start drifting and you don't realize mm-hmm. like as far as like um there's times that I've become so busy that like I don't even remember like oh my gosh like how's how's your relationship with these people how's your relationship with God how how, how, how has that really affected you not being able to be grounded in community how's that affected you not being frugal in the church and, and like not asking myself those questions and then being like yo how why have I drifted all the way out into into the sea when I was meant to be by the shore I don't know why I always find the need to use analogies and, and stuff but um, yeah so, so nowadays I, I try to to make faith so like like so deep and part of what I do and who I am as a person that I'm not that I'm constantly thinking about it as far as like creatively I think I I express who I am in my music so faith always finds its way in because mm-hmm. faith is part of who I am and and what I believe and stuff like that. So I try to portray that a lot. I try to have a lot of conversations around it because I'm also really curious about what people think. Um, I'm involved in church as well because I think um, serving in church plays mm-hmm. a huge part. And so with like... Um, so I I lead worship with Harry Roma and Georgia and Moira at Gospel Collective Church. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to be as like engaged at church and the community and giving back and just conversations and being open and being honest with each other. And I think that's so important. So that has been helping so much. And I think also personal time is so important. I'm really bad with it, to be honest, but um, I think like I've been stepping up to where I need to be as Mm. far as like, just trying to improve where I stand and, like, make, cutting out that time. It's, like, that, that whole thing of, like, if you're not intentional about it, it probably won't happen. Mm. So it's, like, just trying to be intentional about, like, okay, when I wake up in the morning, pray. uh, Like, f- spend some time in the Word. I don't do that every morning. I try to do that every morning. Some mornings I have to, I literally, like I was saying, <laughs> forget to eat and everything. And I just get up and I'm out the house. Yeah. And, like, I would sometimes try and correct that by, like, doing a devotional on the bus or something but I usually am always thinking about it even if I'm not actively doing it but um I try to actively do it which helps a lot um but yeah I think be staying connected with um God particularly and the church family has helped Mm. so much as far as like just praying even when I'm not like even even like 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 if I'm headed to a job Mm. and just just sat on the bus, just praying, like praying for the job and praying for my day and praying for people who popped to mind and just trying to maintain that headspace and constantly like ooh, like what I'm about to do is that like, God, do you approve of this? Do you this And mm-hmm. like yeah, again I feel like I've gone on the tangent. No
0: mate, it's, yeah, I love it. I like I've said that so many times today. That's all good. <laughs> what I what I'm really loving is the like you can sit like from just hearing your story you hear the influence of your parents Mm. like because right at the beginning of the podcast you were like yeah my parents just taught us to pray 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 yeah and now you're talking about every moment you have you Mm. sit on the bus and you're praying for your next job you're praying for the friends that pop to mind you're like they've like to some extent that you're a huge testament to them. Yeah. Being 100%. like solid parents who've gone. Yeah. Let, like the, there's that verse, isn't it? Build, bring, build your children up in the way that they should go and they will never really. leave its path. Yeah. And it's like, you're, yeah. Like mm. you, you sway, you drift as you've said, yeah. but like there's this solid core yeah. of like prayer and, and I and, promise swearing and, is not the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like, yeah they've really taught you well along the way but it's also you've taken hold of what they've taught you yeah and grown even more because like to be like 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 11, 12 contemplating do I believe in God or not like I'll be honest, when I was eleven or twelve, I wasn't even thinking about God. <laughs> yeah. I I had no scope for anything mm. bigger than myself. Mm. Like my biggest concern was what I was eating for dinner yeah. and when do I get to play football. Yeah. Um, but like yeah,
1: my 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 I I literally I'm so thankful for my parents because they've they've been a huge blessing in that sense and just like really, yeah, really instilling God's word and like even till nowadays like some quite often I slip up on it but like my dad usually because I still live at home um my dad usually we we have like a prayer time every night um like a family devotion and I'm usually out till very late so I never get back in time for it uh for like the past couple weeks which he's not been very happy about but like stuff like that very active about it Mm -hmm. and it's 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 really important and I think it's really cool um people figuring that out and making sure to instill those because a lot of times like some there are some things that they didn't say but i saw them doing and Mm -hmm. i picked up on um, which is like like my dad with prayer oh my gosh like every every time i say i was like if there's one thing i wish like i wish to build up like my dad is like the power of prayer Mm -hmm. and like being so in it because my like he'll, he'll wake up like 4, 3 a.m. and just pray all the way into the daytime mm-hmm. and like um, I can remember my older sisters when they were teenagers um, one of their friends came over and they, they said this thing where they were like sometimes uh, you might uh, you might feel like you're going through something but you always remember that like Maribel and Michelle's dad is praying for you mm-hmm. and like sometimes I'll hear stuff like that and I'm like damn I want that to be like part of my testimony or oh, yeah. the testimony, testimony people give about me mm. that like I'm praying like that and, and I'm that caring and deep in God's, <laughs> God's presence that I'm able to just bring before him everything um, yeah sorry I interrupted you no no it's <laughs> all good uh, oh,
0: that's well, amazing mate I so appreciate you coming to my house and spending <laughs> just under an hour of me chatting Dude. about your life and sharing your journey with me but also with I anyone who it. takes the time to listen to this cause Yeah, it's going to bless people man mm. like yeah. I, yeah.
1: yeah I appreciate the opportunity to be up here yeah it's cool it's yeah. very cool I was literally mentioning I miss podcasting I miss podcasting so fun <laughs> so fun yeah
0: yeah uh, well Need yeah. thank you man and thank you guys who have listened all this way through and See you again soon.